0: Welcome to The View from the Ninian, sponsored by Terrace Badger. Terrace Badger started in 2022, and they create great custom-designed T-shirts based on football clubs and songs sung on terraces. We're proud to partner with a locally-run business, and you can get 15% off at TerraceBadger.com with the code VFTN15. That's VFTN15. Welcome to a farcical episode of The View from the Ninian, as we're back to discuss two games, Cardiff versus West Brom. Cardiff versus Rotherham, and then the biblical flood that came after that. Joining me, welcome back, it's Tom Phillips, and joining me as always is Ben Price. Ben Price, how are you? Yeah, not too bad, mate.
1: Yourself? Not too bad at all. Tom, welcome back. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you, Ben? Which Ben? Don't know. Either.
0: You. <laughs> either. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, Ben, I'll speak for us both. I think we're good, <laughs> um, collectively. I think yeah, we're in a good place. Please um definitely not in Swansea um so uh two games to talk about uh this week um the first one being the midweek game against West Brom that I conveniently forgot about and then I mean the main bit of the podcast is going to be talking about the groundsman really at Rotherham isn't it um so let's let's get through all the other stuff and then get to that um Ben drawing the week against West Brom um it was a good point really wasn't
2: it yeah all things considered um wasn't a great start uh, the first half was pretty poor, but yeah. uh, mid-table side sort of push for the playoffs, where we are, you've
0: got to be happy with the point, even at home. Yeah, and Tom, it started as we'd expect, really. We conceded a goal after 15 minutes, um, and it, it kind of looked like, for all, all intents and purposes, we weren't going to get ourselves back in the game from there, really, until uh, into the second half.
1: Yeah, like it's been the story of our season, really, is conceding goal they're not looking like we're going to come back into the game. So this was a nice little break from that, really. Because when I saw, you know, when I saw we one 0 down, I was like, right, that's done then. You know, it, yeah. it, honestly, like this season has felt a like, As soon as we concede, it feels like we're out, out of a game. So no, it, it's nice to see that we came back into that game and played fairly well yeah. against a side that you know who would have been confident of beating us. So no, I think it's a great result. Um, ben, it, it was a, nice to see Isaac Davis start the game. Um, for the first
0: time in seemingly forever. Um, we also saw a kind of change of shape, really. Um, how nice is it to see that we've got a manager who's willing to kind of chop and change a little bit and try a different system with the with different players that he's got?
2: I think it's really important, isn't it? Um, I think the one thing we can criticise the previous two matches was there was not really a plan B. Sometimes oh. you could question if there was a plan A. But yeah, we need that sort of second option. And the... Kipri's essential to like playing three at the back so the fact he had a clear plan sort of knew, knew what he wanted to do was a real good positive
0: thing that shows there's a bit more depth to the squad than probably we initially thought um, Ben let's talk about DK's goal um, it's a pretty poor goal to concede wasn't it oh the uh, first sorry D- DK DK I, he plays I, for West Brom he scored their goal
2: Darryl DK he's their striker oh is that his name I thought it was like Dicky or something whatever it was I... DK <laughs> Darryl DK Head fart, man. Um, yeah, it's a doubter needs to cut the cross earlier. Um, don't know what he's doing. He's sort of way too far off his man, and then I don't know how he gets in front of Ng with that much space as well. Yeah, it was yeah. just a bit of a calamitous goal from both of those. And could could again could also do a bit better. It's near post. It's not
0: exactly like he struck it brilliantly.
2: Listen, um, but that might be Alsop could always
0: do better. I think that's the long and short of it, really, isn't it? Um, uh, he's not a bad keeper. But there every week, every goal or there's always a moment where you go, also probably could have done better there. Um yeah. you know, maybe a better keeper saves it, maybe a better keeper goes with his feet. Um Tom, so, um, uh, you know, it wasn't working with the shape that Lamucci started with, but he he did he did change it up. Um is that kind of what you expected from Lamucci when, you know, when Forrest fans said about the kind of manager he was, he was it was always that he was the kind of manager who who just works with the players he's got and, and makes it work with them. It, it's not it's nice to see him doing something in game for once, isn't it?
1: Yeah, you know, he realized it wasn't working. He changed it. You know, and that's a sign of a good manager. I still think that he's not sure what our kind of strongest yeah. starting setup is. Never mind the personnel as well. So I think we're going to see a lot of tinkering um, going forward because you know he hasn't been here that long. No. When you think about it, It's, it's felt like an age, but it, he hasn't been here that long. We haven't had that many games, so you know he's he's still finding his feet. He's still trying to find out who are the better players in the squad that suit the system. So, no, but it, it is good to see that he's got that kind of nouse just to change it up a bit and not just settling for it, just not working and riding the game out, which we've seen earlier in the season. And and
0: Ben, it, it kind of had the effect, didn't it? Because we were a much better side in the second half. Yeah, I think everyone was just a bit
2: more comfortable, weren't they? Um, yeah, yeah. I felt really sorry for Isaac and like I think Luigi said in his press conference, that him coming off wasn't just down to him. He didn't do too much wrong. It was a team thing. He needed, he needed to make the sacrifice for him to come in uh, to, for the team. And yeah, it seems harsh, but Le- it made a massive difference. I think it was screaming out. You could see quite early on that we needed a bit more presence, a bit more up top. And that's exactly what Cabra offered us. I thought he was really, really good when he came on, changed the game massively.
0: And Tommy got the goal. Cabba um, seems to love that kind of slightly leaning into it header where the ball just looks like it's too far away from his head, but he gets there. Um, but as, as Ben has written here, the keeper did
1: have a bit of um, of kind of hopperdom on wrists, shall we say. Yeah, it's terrible goalkeeping, isn't it? You know, it, it's a great ball in. It's a decent header, but that shouldn't be finding its way into the back of the net, but I'll take it. But yeah, Cabba's been a breath of fresh air, really. He's, he's given us a kind of an outlet that we didn't have earlier in the season and it's just going to be a classic case of us having a lone player leaving us at the end and us being gutted about it because I'd love to see him stick around because I think he's made a real impact since he's come into the club and the impact we were hoping he'd he'd have um, but no, it's, it's another goal for him and yeah, a fortunate one but fair play, he got in the right position put it on target and sometimes those go in
0: ben, um is there any hope that we can keep him? I don't really know if we signed him on loan because obviously we were in the transfer embargo and we couldn't sign players that way. It, could it be like Kenza Hall, who came in on loan in January, then we kept him in the summer? Do you think there's the possibility of that? I've seen very little talk of it because um, obviously we're waiting to see what league we're in next year. But I, I'd love him to stay, as Tom says. Yeah, I, I think
2: there's every chance. I don't think um, Mitchell and are too keen on him. I think that's the reason he's been let go. It's not really worked from there. He seems to be really enjoying it. He wants to play here, so mm-hmm. yeah. Look, there's a chance, and the fee's not obscene. I, I we can actually pay a fee as well as the other issue. I think, and because mm-hmm. I think we're still under that league uh, football league. Embargo. I have, I have no, I've lost, you know, I've lost all track of it. I have no idea really what what's going on with our embargoes at the moment. But yeah, um, if all that goes our way, and we're actually able to sign him. Yeah, 100. I'd look to keep him. He, he just looks like he's got goals in him that other players in our squad don't have. Like, I think, yeah. like, we'll talk about him in a minute, but Atete, he looks, he's getting much, much better. He's finally starting to find his feet in this league. But i am he's not getting into positions to score goals. Tallah Robinson scores goals, but again, he probably could be more clinical. He doesn't seem like an out-and-out striker. Other than that, there's not really anyone. We don't really know what's happening with Wickham, um, as good as he's been. There's, he's not really had a clear-cut chance yet, but,
0: yeah, we need we need goals and... Kabba brings up so I'd love for him to stay sorry Kaba I'm not sorry at all about sorry Kabba. I'd like him to stay I think he's just exactly the kind of striker we like he's big he puts himself about he's a bit he's a bit um, wacky is probably the right word to say yep. like mm. he's he's got a, you know he's got a bit of a funny side to him like he likes to try and do these overhead kicks all the time like he's he doesn't look like a striker but he seems to score goals and I think we 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 as a club like those kinds of strikers um, right The main event, I suppose, Tom, Cardiff versus Rotherham or um, 47 minutes of football followed by uh, seven minutes of rain that ruined everything. Um, Obviously, we'll talk about the flood. We have a whole separate section on the flood, Um, but it was a good performance in the first half, wasn't it? If if you see how angry Rotherham fans were about the performance and and why they were so happy that the game was called off, it it shows that we, we, we put them to the sword in the first half with only scoring one goal, though.
1: Yeah, we were great. Um, I thought it was a really measured performance. I thought we were much the better team. Um, we looked composed with the ball. I think we're starting to see the best of the Ryan Wintle again recently. I think mm-hmm. he's come back into a bit of form. And I don't think it's any coincidence that some of our results have been picking up with it as well. Um, but again, we're not clinical enough. We we had plenty of opportunity to be you know, possibly 3-0 up. But, you know, overall, I thought, I thought we were great. I think Philogene has been fantastic the last few weeks as well. Um, and I'm gutted that he doesn't get that goal now. But, no, it was a really, really promising performance against a team who were near us in the league. And we looked streets ahead of them. We We were, I thought we were great. I've had Philogene is not my lover rattling around in my head it's all, since all of yesterday.
0: Um, I don't know if was, we should make that a chant if it is. But um, we'll have to talk about the goal, Ben, as if it was a goal, um, even though the game was abandoned. Obviously, Philogene, again, with a goal, He's. He, I think it's his second in the last couple of games um, or in, in the last few games. Um, it was that O'Dowd with another assist. It was a neat finish because as much as the goal was basically at his mercy, he still had to navigate the defenders, didn't he? He did it really well. Yeah, it's a really, really composed finish. So I think everyone's
2: natural reaction in that sort of instinct is to just put your laces through and just smash yeah. it as hard as you can. He didn't really do that. He looked for the placement and find the space where the goal was. Because I think if you slam that, there's so many rather than so many bodies in on. front of you, and Cardiff players as well. Like it could easily yeah. bounce off anyone, and you're not scoring. So yeah, he did really well there. He's so good in those tight situations of just the ball. It's it's like it sticks. Him. It's like you've got magnets in his boots or something. Um, yeah. He's a really, really talented player. It's really starting to show his value and why Villa are so excited because there was just times like Rodham couldn't deal with him. Peltier was no. an absolute nightmare with got him. He got
0: taken off in 46 minute or after half time, didn't he? Sorry. Yeah,
2: I, I, he was a red card waiting to happen, I think, with that because, yeah, he was just starting to kick him and do... And I love Peltier for it. Even when he's playing for Rotherham, I can't help but just love his shithousery. absolutely adore the bloke, but he, yeah, torn to shreds by Philogene. Um, I like him in the 10-roll. I really, really like him there. Um, just the freedom to go wherever he wants and just cause mayhem.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's, again, he's another another lone player that we, we're slowly falling in love with. Um, Tom, NG with another free kick. Um, you know, he's showing the range, isn't he? He seems to be able to take them from 35 yards. This one was just inside the D, so about 20 yards out, and handled it off the bar. It's, it's amazing, really, that he's the best free kick that we've had in years.
1: Yeah, and it's come out of absolutely nowhere. It's great. Like it's it's, it's nice to have like a free kick near the box now and get excited again. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm used to just shitting myself when the opposition have it and not being asked when we have one because it, we never look like scoring. But suddenly we've got Ng and God, he's unlucky. It's a hell of a strike again from yeah. him. Like it, it's just the technique. It's just so good. He gets the ball up and down so quickly. He whips it, and doesn't he? He does whip it, and you don't know where he's going to put it because of the way he strikes the ball. It's it's, it's unbelievable, really. Yeah, he was so unlucky not to score from it because, God, he can't hit the ball. I, I wish we'd known that earlier. I feel like we wouldn't be in the mess we are like, you might have picked up a few goals earlier in the season or something, but... Well, that's, like, he, he basically said it just came from training, didn't it? Like, before the the
0: one he scored against Birmingham, it was like, I'd just been practising him in training or whatever it was that week. It's like, why haven't you been practising them all season? Why haven't you been putting your hand up for them all season? He's been at the club two years.
2: How has it taken this long yeah. to just go... It's as if he's known he could do it all along and then just it's just taken a while for someone to ask him. He's gone, oh, this? Yeah, 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 I can do that. Not I have problem. to do it at a crew
1: all the time. Yeah, yeah. Fucking I just, think, like... Uh, with him being a defender, I think sometimes you just don't get the opportunity, right? No, like if you, you're, you're down the pecking the ball, order anyway. Yeah, somebody's going to like wave you away and stuff, and go Perry, back you go, pal. But yeah. you know, once you see him at the ball like that, then you can't ignore him any longer. But it is frustrating that we have we haven't noticed until the last couple of months that he can do this. But we had twelve um, months of Marlon Pack on free kicks when Perry and G could <laughs>
2: do
0: that. That's the bit that sort of annoys me. <laughs> yeah, I guess when when he came in, was he? Was he? Did he come in when Harry Wilson was at the club? He did, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, it was that that winter. So that's January. So Wilson was always going to be ahead of him that year. Fine, that's fair enough. And then the following year, I guess we still had Marlon Pack, who um, never I scored a free kick. Know. No, he didn't score a free kick. I'm trying to think who else would have been in front of him from Volkes, um, Rolls. Rolls, yeah, Volks, I guess. Um, Colwell was ahead of him I suppose when Colwell was, had that run of games and he scored against QPR so it's kind of understandable but at the same time yeah he should have been putting his hand up probably a little bit earlier if he's got that in his locker um, Ben um, on 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 um, the, the the number 10 obviously Ojo came on um, replaced the Tete we'll talk about Tete's injury in a second and he had that you know great work by Cabba down the left where he, he shook off the defender and got onto the ball and put it into Ojo I mean that's, that shows Ojo's confidence, doesn't he? he? He would have scored that maybe when he was here two years ago and he doesn't score it yesterday. And that would have put the game beyond doubt. I think he'd have scored it if it wasn't basically his first touch of the ball as well. I think that it's
2: yeah, really came it. into it. And I can sort of forgive him for that. Uh, I think if he's on the pitch 10 minutes longer, he's definitely scoring that. He's got to understand the pitch. It it's weird. I don't know what you, how you boys feel if you play and you come on as a sub. It takes you a couple of touches to get up to speed with the game. Mm-hmm. it's really weird i trust me i'm used to coming on as a sub so like yeah just yeah i feel feel sorry for him because oh, it would have just killed it and yeah
0: the uh, ground staff would take taken even longer to come onto the pitch for a tune all down um i i don't ben it takes me a long time to warm up even if i'm not a sub so um first <laughs> half an hour of any football match when i play is basically a write off um tom we, we've we already touched upon a bit atete went off injured uh, looked like a bad one with his hamstring. Um, he, I mean, he put in some great work after that Maisie dribble. Um, took on about three or four players, somehow got the ball in. But it's a real shame, isn't it, to see him get injured just when he's kind of been playing into some form and, and has become a, a key player in the, in the absence of Callum Robinson.
1: Yeah, he's been great. I think he's he's added another dimension to his game recently. And I think he's growing in confidence as well. You know, some of the trickery that he was attempting earlier on wasn't coming off. But now, I don't know, he's, he's really finding his feet. And he's, he's been an absolute nuisance for the opposition you know he's, he puts himself about you know his rangy like running
0: style
1: puppet. yeah his rangy running style kind of like, you don't know what he's going to do he's all limb and as a defender you don't know how to deal with him like uh, and yeah if it is a long a, a long term injury it will be a pity I, I think it's good you know, we've got the international break Yeah, just so we can really assess him we don't need to rush him back or anything like that but yeah he has really come into his own recently and it'd be a, an absolute gut punch if he's out for a couple of months or out till the end of the season I think um, he highlights just
2: how, like, the confidence has grown in the squad, though. Yeah. At the Rotherham game, like, the, the whole first half, we had players, like, O'Dowd was back to taking players on, going forward to the ball, carrying it well. Um, everyone just seemed to have that bit more belief in themselves and that confidence, and that's really, really encouraging for me. As frustrating as, like, when we come onto it and games being, games being abandoned and stuff is going to be. I still think we'll beat them when we go there. We look, so, they didn't look like they ever had a clue of how to deal with, and we look like, a completely different side we didn't look like a side that's playing down towards the bottom again the yep. only issue with the performance was we didn't really score enough but we again but there were chances
0: yeah well, i watched i watched one of the um Uh, one of the rotherham podcasts on youtube it was quite a short clip after the the game it was like an initial reaction to the game and they were because they were scathing of their team they basically said they didn't know what formation they were playing they didn't know how matt taylor had set them up they said that we looked so much better than them and and it was almost like they were laughing obviously about the game being abandoned because they thought it could have been three or four nil really um and i think they were genuinely worried and i don't you know they they may have got away with one now we you know we don't know what's going to happen but um I don't think they're not, they're not a good team, are they? They've had some good results recently, but they're not a good team. Um, well, I mean, the next thing to talk about is the flood. Um, you know, the flood, the biblical rain, whatever you want to call it. Um, basically that abandoned the game. Um, 48 minutes is, is, is what FOTMOB puts the time down as, um, it was just after half time. Um, the rain came tumbling down. Um, basically everyone on Twitter was asking a, a variant on the theme around the flood. So we'll, we'll talk through some of the Twitter questions, but, um, Ben, when was the last time you saw a game like that get abandoned? I've never I've never seen rain come down like
2: that in a stadium before. Yeah. And this is where I will give like the ground staff and everything with it a bit of a break because that was an obscene amount of rain. Yeah. For it for it to be I think the commentators have mentioned there was a little bit little bit of drizzle just as the halftime whistle went. From that then to go into what was fucking an obscene downpour it was like it was like a monsoon wasn't it oh yeah that's exactly what it was <laughs> a monsoon like rain and yeah it's crazy like i said in the chat i've never seen it like that and you could hear as soon as the game kicked off like the commentators ash was a bit like oh i'm not liking this this isn't looking good and as soon as the ball was played across the floor it was holding up it just wasn't yeah, rolling yeah. and the ref made the right call in suspending it like this you can't argue with that that there's no way at that stage that game could be played on that pitch.
0: Um, Tom, do you ever have you got any memories of games like that being called off like that? I I, I searched, I found one one reference to Dundee United versus Rangers in two thousand nine. I didn't search that hard, but admittedly, um, but that's <laughs> the only one I found. Um, have you got any memory
1: of games being called off like that? Not not many that's like stick out. I f- I feel like I've seen it happen yeah. on TV and things like that, but I've never been at one. And, no. and, but like but like Ben said I've never seen rain like that in such a short period of time it was absolutely insane um, and yeah the pitch was unplayable like it was it was, it was dangerous wasn't. you know people people are going to be tripping and you could see the ball was holding up and things like well, the that the ball wasn't like,
0: bouncing either was it it was, it nah. was, it, it was hitting and, and splashing water up and that was it it wasn't bouncing anything over what it should
1: yeah, like I'm, I'm sure we're we'll going into it a bit more detail, but like it, it's, it's just a bit mad that a stadium that is fairly modern has got such bad drainage. Yeah. Like it's, you know, it, like it was a lot of rain. Don't get me wrong, but how is that not draining better in a pitch like that? And they can say they haven't got resources like other clubs and stuff, but it seems that like that should be a simple one to solve. Like it just shouldn't be that bad that quickly. It's absolutely obscene. The stadium's the same age as the Cardiff City Stadium. They're open yeah. the same
2: year. For it not to have, like, I mean, the g- football ground I play on for Rochdale, that's got a better drainage than that. Yeah, yeah. And, like, it's it's like I think some people try to say it was like two months worth of water. That's fine, but it still should have drained a hell of a lot quicker. Um, I used to work at a golf club. and, Like, you see all the sort of stuff with like the greens and stuff, and they're big on their drainage. And you can see when it's, you can sort of tell what's a properly maintained and well dug out pitch and what's just been done cheaply. And it's nothing to do with resource. That's a new, like you said, not an old stadium. It should be much, much better. And for the level of football we're at, it is embarrassing for Rotherham. They can try and joke and sort of shit house it or whatever it is, but that
1: is unacceptable for this level of football. Yeah, and it's not like they're new to this level of football, right? Like they've been up and down with the Championship in League One for years. It's not like they've ended up in the Championship by accident, you know. Like they would have known that this is the sort of level they'd be playing at when they built that stadium. So they can't. The fact that they're trying to, you know, say almost like come across like Cardiff for a much bigger club. They've got they've got much better resources. They're not far off us. Like they shouldn't be that far behind us. So it's, it's ridiculous that the the system that they got there is that bad. And um, I should be
0: surprised. Every tweet we had was basically about this. So we'll we'll rifle through the tweets and then we'll get back to talking about our views on the flood. Uh, Owen Davis says, Do you think it should be put into the EFL rules that you need a drum lo- drum roller like every village cricket club has? Uh, the common bluebirds said, has anyone seen pitch markings just wash away like that? It's like they were done by someone walking around with a jumble box of Daz powder. Gigsy says how many clubs Wait, are on the sorry, on the washing of away of the
2: lines. The lines didn't wash away. Some of the whitewash came up. The lines were still there at full time. And like There's when also, the water was it, drained it, off, the photos from Glenn at 20 past six showed that, yes, some lifted, but the, but the lines were still clear. That's not an
0: argument to abandon the game. Uh, No. Uh, Geeksy, how many clubs around them suffer the same weather had the games called off? 45 minutes to clear the service water is a joke and does winning grounds of the year 2018 make a difference. Can anyone remember a specific a specific game similar to or worse at the CCS? Gareth Dunning says, used all my energy on it yesterday and this morning. It's done now. We all know how to overcome it. A sold-out away end and put them to the sword. Reskill, Gilbert, how likely is it that we sell out against Rotherham in the replay, make a big deal out of the game, then lose 1-0? Just seems like these things always happen to us. Um, Adam James, is Suella Braverman a Rotherham fan? um Oliver Reese different story if it was nil nil or Rotherham winning ground staff made zero effort to clear the pitch Sabri didn't look impressed one bit just wasted a day all around to top it off they closed one of the bars during halftime Rotherham really is an awful place and um, so my view on it is is that two things can be true that the rain was really bad and the pitch was not playable because it was that like the ball wasn't rolling there was surface water everywhere the puddles down the line you know down the side of the pitch were pretty ridiculous really but also you know, the Rotherham fans can get all defensive around whatever they want around their their ground staff and say that they awarding ground staff, whatever. But the videos just made it look like they were making it worse. There's there's videos of people pushing the water off and pulling it back on. I've seen some people suggest that's the way you do these things, but I don't think it is. Um,
1: Do you think that the Rotherham ground staff were deliberately going slow or was it just that it was impossible to clear? It was impossible to clear it. There's no way the game was going to get back on at at that point, but... You still try. You still—they've still got to use that pitch, like, yeah. so. They, you know they—they they can you know reduce the amount of damage it's going to cause if they do a proper job on it. Like they were thinking so short term, thinking, oh, we'll definitely get this game off if we don't bother trying." That it could have long long term effects on the pitch. So, yeah, they weren't trying. They were taking the piss. They, they didn't win the game back on, but it was never going to be back on anyway, but that doesn't mean you don't make an effort. Like you, you, We've all seen the footage. They, they, mm-hmm. they are just taking the piss. They are brushing the water back onto the pitch. Like, th- that is not how you do it. I don't care if anyone's sticking up and that's not how you get water off a pitch. That's bollocks. No, uh, no, I, but, I, I, no, I just... But no, no, but like, to be fair though, if it was the other way around... We'd be loving it. We'd be we loving it. And I get why they're kind of reveling in it. I, like, the fact that the fans are cheering when it's getting abandoned... Like it's quite funny, but it does make me angry at the but, same time.
0: But, but that's I was thinking about this earlier. Everyone loves shithousery except for when it happens to them. Yeah, like we all, you know, everyone's like, "Yeah, biggest is in the league," and then when someone does it to you, you're like, "Boo, that's not fair! You're not allowed to do that." No, but I, I, my gripe with that is that they weren't doing
2: that. They aren't embracing the shithousery of it. They aren't. Fans going, are, yeah. No, I don't think they are. Most of them I've seen are going, oh, what do you expect us to do? It was unplayable. Like they're trying to act like there was nothing wrong with what they did in their reaction to it. If I if that's me, I'm going, Yeah, we took the best.
0: We got away with one there. I've not yeah. seen many Rodham fans say, Yeah, we no, got away with so, that. I think you're right. I've seen I the, the podcast thing I watched, they they did kind of were laughing and joking about it and saying best crime stuff in the league, all that kind of stuff. So I've I've seen I've seen one very specific example of people doing it. It's probably clouded my mind. Um Uh, Taylor CCFC dread to think how Steve Morrison would have reacted if he was still in charge. Yeah, he probably would have killed someone. Stefan Prince, uh, Stefan Prince. that uh, 48 minutes proved that we could beat them whenever the weather. Literally, we can't use this as an excuse not to put in another few good performances. I keep ourselves up. It's still in our hands. Sam Hill. I've been so impressed with the Tete of late. I think his all round game is superb and the running he does for the team is excellent. Just needs to start getting into more goal scoring positions. And I believe that will come with more creators around him. Got a top player in our hands. Um, Mike says I think we all need just to take a deep breath and think about it objectively that being said should Rotherham now be declared an enemy of the state and the UN get involved Um, (laughs) which I think is fair (laughs) Um, Harry D given it's the five year anniversary which was more infuriating in your eyes Snowgate or Floodgate Um, Ben I think you're going to have a strong opinion on this so I'll come to you first I don't know they were both annoying for
2: different reasons I think there was potentially more on the line with Snowgate and that was just far more blatant. I th- I don't know if it was, actually.
0: No, I, I still think... I still, you know, Snowgate was bad, but, like, I think there were genuine safety concerns if there was icy roads, snowy roads, and it was less about the pitch. It was more about the the surrounding areas of the ground. And it didn't matter in the grand scheme of things because we still got promoted that year.
2: Yeah, but they are... I think was, it... It's, it's I th- the fact we lost the game that we
0: lost up there afterwards. yeah, the yeah. yeah. Well. I um, guess for me it's, it'll be infuriating if if the if what if the game gets replayed or whatever and we don't win that with this one that's going to be the infuriating thing for me
2: yeah I and think... that, it's the long term damage and psychological damage that comes with it as well then isn't it mm-hmm. this could be sort of like we talk about when we were relegated with Chelsea and like those two goals yeah if you go to Rotherham and you think right this is especially the way the results went elsewhere everything with it i think we were up to 18th yeah. And yeah. like the league was looking really comfortable and that like we were playing really well and everything was just spot on. Ryan Wintle beat the first man with a corner. It was that good. Um to go from that and then suddenly you lose that game. You don't get those three points you're expecting. Huddersfield have suddenly picked up a decent win at a promotion chase in Millwall. It yeah. all just suddenly then the pressure piles on and it could be Yeah, that's where it could be really worrying and not as sort of just
1: laughable as it is now. Tom, I think at the moment, I think the snow one annoys me more because it was just avoidable. They could have put that game on. Where were with this one, this game has never been put back on. The pitch was fucked. Yeah. I think it's frustrating, but it wasn't avoidable. I don't think there was much that could have been done. But like you said, though, it depends what happens in the next month or so now. If we're relegated by a point and Rotherham stay up because they've beaten us or got a result <laughs> from us when we, when we replay them, It, it it's going to be... Fucking mayhem, isn't it? Well, they'll they'll suit. They'll
0: if the club are like I've just read there on the Wales Online that the club are compiling a dossier of evidence about why the game should start at one nil. If it doesn't happen, then we'll sue the league. Like that's we love we love litigating. So why not sue <laughs> yeah. the league? frivolous <laughs> court cases are our speciality. So yeah, that's, exactly. That, let's get I won't... another one on the go uh TM says if i say what i think i'll be suspended for six months and it's a quote of Mikhail arteta uh chris stephen why did the efl gag lamucci from speaking clearly an overstepping power especially after the gaff was all over the media i just looked at that and i think he was so angry he didn't want to speak it wasn't yeah. he wasn't allowed to speak he was just livid <laughs> um which is fair enough he speaks and he's in trouble um john tm williams will the traveling fans get their money back um so again the one case i did read was rangers versus dundee um rangers took the case to county court because dundee charged their fans for tickets again and they found in favor of dundee united so i doubt the club will get their money the fans will get their money back Um they still went on the trip so the service was fulfilled um if we're being clear about that. K49745, actually used to like Rotherham as a team, but now I either hope they get liquidated or worse, end up with Mick McCarthy managing them. Um, Chris Bradwick says, how much influence did Howard Webb have in the decision being from Rotherham and a fan of them? Yeah, I mean, Thomas, nice to see famous referee Howard Webb at the game yesterday, wasn't it? Yeah, let's blame him. We need a scapegoat. (laughs) Let's go after Webb. Cool, easy. Antil Dunning, Josh said, should Tim pot clubs who have worse drainage than parks football teams be allowed in the football pyramid? How much are the EFL going to do us over with this? 2K fine and nothing else for Rotherham. Uh, Pep says, how can a stadium of 10 years old not be able to cope with seven minutes of rain? This totally unfair as for the rearranged game, half they will have their injured players back and we could end up with some injuries. Anderson Cheng, what's the standard for the pitch when it comes to the drainage? Are there any sort of guidelines that all clubs need to follow in the championship? Uh, James C. Roberts, what's your preferred brushing technique? I feel the brushing water backwards might not be it um geez, world says they say don't get mad get even what do you think we should do to the tin pots um ben should we smash up their toilets yeah i think uh, any sort of suspended ceilings you see feel free to pull them down um <laughs> yeah just in and around, not even at the football club just in and around rotherham just make sure make sure that everyone has to pay a pound extra for their tickets for the next year yeah and just chuck them a quid afterwards as you walk out um <laughs> um I'll come back to this one. Uh, Bluebirds passes. how can a team one division below the Premier League, arguably the biggest in world football, only have two swimming pool squeegees and a garden brush as a means of coping with the downpour, not to mention a ground staff with a combined IQ of 50? Um, Tom, it was quite funny watching a man with a household brush trying to brush water away, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it was quite funny. <laughs> and, and then the, the one with the big brush whose handle fell off. And then, <laughs> yes. then there was a bloke who was sticking his middle finger up by his nose at the Cardiff fans as well. And it's just like, it, it, like now there's like a day in between. I can laugh at it because it is quite funny. And I've watched some of the videos back and it just looks so pathetic. And I thought it was funny, to be fair. fair.
2: <laughs> it's annoying, but that, it's never not been funny. No, it's funny. No, it that is funny. True. They the soon as the squeegees came out, those lads took this fifteen hundred Cardiff fans there. They're absolutely soaking wet. And they just got a fucking torrent of abuse. <laughs> like I don't I like the guy giving them
0: the bird and stuff. I've got no problem with that, because he yes. got fucking hammered. <laughs> it was so bad. Um Dan Lowe says, Is the weather a Rotherham fan? And it was raining in Rotherham um all day yesterday um, and then the final one uh, was from Lee Sanders um, and I think this is one we we probably need to give some big discussion to it's quite a serious question uh, the lack of full body slides in a deluge was a disappointment which of our players could slide the furthest given a 10 metre run up um, I, I'll give you some time to think about this so I'll come up with mine I think Perry NG would be pretty good at the big slide good 10 metre run up I think he he's probably done it before and I think he'd get a good good distance on him uh, I'll go to you first Ben uh, Finishing for me Light, Visiting. quick. Oh yeah, he's just gonna—he's like a skimming
2: stone, isn't he? He's gonna—he hits that surface. He's flying. He's—he's—he's he's, he's getting to the halfway line from. But he wears a lot of clothes, so would that slow him down, or would it make him more aerodynamic? Well, it's going to absorb more water, isn't it? He's got more stuff I'm to absorb quite, water. Yeah. Didn't think of that. I was thinking more aerodynamic. Sort of, he's wearing like you know, like the bobsleigh suit or something like that. Sort of. No, effect, he's but...
0: and he and he and he's got big
2: hair.
1: That might take in a lot of water as well. Oh, interesting. Inf- I'll come back to you, Ben. Tom allsop he's used okay. to diving about anyway and yeah. he's just clean off he's, <laughs> he's something slightly unhinged about him and I can imagine he just does this anyway just he's I reckon he's got a slip and slide down his hall in his house and I think he's practising on a regular basis so I'm going for allsop I Fair just point. get this picture of allsop not having stairs but having a slip and slide instead that's how he gets yeah. down and around his house
0: uh, yeah <laughs> go
2: on Ben uh, I'll go with Marlon Romeo then he's quick like villaging small as well but
0: with less close, and that sounds wrong
2: to say out loud
0: <laughs> very good I think we've nailed it um, uh, keep the tweets coming in twitter.com forward slash VFT Ninian uh, next week hopefully we'll have someone else to talk about other than Biblical rain. Um right let's get back to it uh, Tom I'll come to you on this one um, it is quite funny isn't it because they watered the pitch at half time as well
1: yeah, that's the bit. That's a bit bonkers, isn't it? Like, there's there's rain. You like, know, there's weather forecasts. Yeah, out of nowhere. You know, they knew this was coming, and I think that's the thing that winds up a little bit. I again, I don't think it makes a bit like much difference, but it's just when you add everything together, the whole like kind of narrative of it. Feels the sprinklers on is taking the piss. Like that is absolute madness. It was raining at the time. And they said, "Oh, it wasn't on long. They were in the process of turning them off." Bollocks! They put the sprinklers on do- in the rain. The absolute <laughs> it's madness when you say it out loud. Oh, Ben, um,
0: what happens now then? So there's there's three there's three potential um, outcomes to this, isn't it? I think the EFL said this yesterday. So there's we get awarded the three points if the if the EFL and the committee team in their discretion to do that um the game starts again from the 48th minute um i don't know if it's behind closed doors it probably would be if it starts on the 48th minute we're going to travel up there for uh thought was it 42 minutes of football or whatever it is um to watch uh or the whole game is replayed what do you think is going to happen and what do you think is the fairest outcome i think the whole game is going to get replayed i think just the
2: way That's the rules it feels are like. laid out it feels like it's inevitable that it's going to be a restart in 90 minutes it's going to put us under more pressure with like what just a stupidly congested easter already i think uh-huh. April's gonna be playing games in four weeks it's mental but i think legally without the rules sort of state that i think that's how it'll go um for me i think the fairest thing to do would be play it from the 48th minute one nil up and do it behind closed doors but again I don't see any precedent for that. I think the only similarity to that sort of thing happening is, um, do you remember when Leighton Orient fans invaded the pitch a few years ago? And there's been a few of those where fans have invaded the pitch, called the game to be called off. The players have gone to the tunnel, the fans are left, and they finish the game then behind closed doors. Yeah, yeah. But that tends to be the same day that happens. Yeah, they try and get it done in a day, yeah. And it's normally because it's the end of the season as well, that's why they do it. But um, yeah, it feels like the inevitable uh, restart and no there's no I, there's no chance that game gets forfeited and we get awarded three points no, i think no, that's for
0: sure it's an impossibility um you talk about us having a bad april i was looking earlier there's a team in um bedfordshire called Leighton town who have to play 13 games in 31 days um from to 22nd of march to 22nd of april and these are part-time footballers they have to play 13 <laughs> games into th- because they they went deep in about three or four cups and they're on the run for promotion um but it's ridiculous like but you know Professional football is fair enough, but these guys are playing. You know, they're working and playing then football in the evening. Um, uh, Tom, I mean,
1: it's going to be shit when we lose the game again, isn't it? I don't think we'll lose. I think we're going to be bang up for it. Why in our bellies, isn't it? Oh yeah, I reckon so. I'm up for it. And I, I, I'm like, I It's kind of like oh, even if it's forty two minutes, I'm going. Like I'm just, and I feel like a lot of Cardiff fans will feel the same. I think like we just turn up on mass, um, and I, I just I think we might thump them. I think yeah. like, we have got to be bang up for it, and I think they'll be a bit nervous as well, Rotherham, if they have to play the full game again because we were tearing them a new one. I know it was only one nil, but we were we were on top, and th- they're going to look silly if they get call it off because they want to start again because they're one 0 down, and then they get thumped. And I think yeah. the pressure is on them more than us now with this game. Because, because it's their shit I was and If it backfires on them, then great. So I, I, I'm i bang up for it. I I think we'll get something from it. Ben, do you agree? I'd like to, but uh, it's
2: Cardiff, isn't it? That's the one thing that stopped me going, yeah, we go there and we stick four or five of them. Then you just go, but it is Cardiff. Yeah. And that's always a huge the back of our problem minds. with anything that comes to this club is, yeah, but it's Cardiff. Yeah. Um, I can see us being too up for it and you see a sort of Callum Robinson event of Yeah, throws the ball at someone. Yeah, a couple of players sent off for stupid stuff because they're so wound up. Yeah. Um, like I do you honestly not see it inevitable that Perry Ng two foots a groundsman? Because I can see that happening. Punches a ball boy just because he gets because caught, he in the, caught in the caught in the crosshairs. Yeah, it's uh, that's that's what I can see happening just as just as much as we win comfortably.
1: I think I think we'll win four five nil. We'll have some celebrations like mocking, you know, brush actions or swimming or something. Yeah. yeah. Someone will pull a swimming hat from the sock. Uh, you know, I, I think I think it's going to be great. A snorkel will appear from somewhere. I, I'm lo- I'm looking well, forward. We to we
0: to we have to be careful with that because then that gives fuel for Swansea fans for the swim away, That's doesn't right. it? Yeah. So but if what, what you could have is an umbrella on the bench. That's all I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. yeah. All over like that. Yeah, pretty good. Um, Well, never a dull day being a Cardiff fan, even when other games are going fine. Ours somehow fucks up. Um, Look around the leagues from yesterday, Ben. um, Mixed bag of results, really, wasn't it? Um, Huddersfield won. Finally, Blackpool lost. Hooray. Wigan drew. Birmingham beat QPR. Reading drew. But... It's a strange one this week, isn't it? Because there's a lot of tension around the league because Thursday is the deadline for all of these little punishments that are going out. So Wigan are facing point seduction. Reading look like they're going to take point deductions, and that'll take them below us. So, um, it's how how crucial is this week in the longer term of the season? Because this could really change the face of the bottom half of the league.
2: Yeah, it's massive, isn't it? And it's not footballing decisions that are going to make that make this interesting. It's purely ad like administration. It's speaking of which i just feel
0: possibly could be going into administration if they, they the potential new owners it's so a weird it's, one that though. they call, they're calling it a pre-pack administration which means they they make the the, the holding company insolvent and then transfer everything over to the new one i don't know if they'll face a punishment for that because it's part of a, a buying process
2: but it's not similar to what rangers did though uh
0: potentially i don't i don't know the full ins and outs cuz so i'm not really this sure, is why we don't yeah. talk about the financials on this thing because i don't fucking understand them yeah i i i I didn't. I found an accounting
2: sort of module with my uni degree and scraped it by one yeah. percent. That sort of shows my level of
0: it. Um, so yeah. Well, listen. I did. I did one tax return when I was freelance and I got investigated by HMRC over it. So <laughs> <laughs> that's how bad I am at accounts. You shouldn't ask Estelle for advice. No, I shouldn't. I just t- I ticked the wrong box. It was, and I called him up in a panic. I was like, I've ticked the wrong box. I'm so sorry, um, Tom. You know, with with everything that's happening this week, it, it kind of. It makes our position better, doesn't it? Obviously, the Rotherham abandonment makes the table look worse than it is. We're a game behind, we're missing points because of the win. But what, you know, if Reading lose six points, Wigan lose three points, if Huddersfield, whatever happens at Huddersfield, it's going to look better for us, isn't it?
1: Yeah, definitely. But I think that's what makes it all the more frustrating that we didn't see the end of the Rotherham game because BBC have got us down as winning that game on the table. So, so did the sky looking at that. So did the championship table as well. Yeah, and like looking at it, You've got, you got know, you end up with QPR below us rather than below us, and suddenly it's looking a little bit healthier. So yeah. it, it's frustrating um, because we still wouldn't be sitting pretty. We'd still only be like six points above the relegation zone, which is not enough of a buffer. But it's a much better buffer than it currently is. So yeah, yeah I know it. I, you don't want to see teams losing points because of you know admin, but when it, when, when it benefits us, I'll be there <laughs> clapping when it goes through because. <laughs> Because it'd be disastrous if we go down, so I'll take anything. But it just feels like everyone is under some sort of embargo or financial trouble at the moment. I think, on the wider picture, it's really worrying. I think, like, so many of these clubs, you know, and us us two are, you know, gone chasing the dream of the Premier League and things like that and haven't quite had the means to do it long term and are now facing the consequences. And I, I think over the next four or five seasons, we could see a lot of teams either disappearing or just dropping down the leagues it's it's a real sad state of affairs that you know what was it like four teams could be affected this Thursday that's bonkers like it, it shouldn't be like well, that
0: Sheffield United are one of them right and uh, I was reading that article on the Daily Mail about them they're like turning off the undersoil heating and they're not they're not doing they're not cleaning certain things this week or they've only got the heating on at certain times throughout this week because they're they're that close to the wire and they know that Thursday any any punishment is delayed until next year but they're che- they they're literally about to get promoted they're in the top two well, they're, they're in this FA Cup semi-final
2: the top two teams are both like that because Burnley are and uh, transferring transfer embargo at the moment yeah
0: yeah, like but I think the Bur- again the, Bur- the Burnley one's a technical one because it's to do with they changed auditors in November, and it's like it's a it's it's like a minor technical thing that is getting sorted out.
2: But there's still cash issues with Burnley. It's not like they. No, they're I'm not. I'm not, I'm not. At the start of the season in like they weren't in a great place. There's still issues there. It's mm-hmm. throughout the league. This whole chasing that 150 million pounds of the Premier League to chase that money, clubs are spending 200 million pounds. And then getting the shit... Admittedly, but not so much billion this year. I read an interview with Bellamy and he's like, they've spent 22 million on... No, was it 15 million on
0: 22 players? Yeah. And bits like that. So it's... it's I think 6 down. million was on the one they signed in January. So like, it's, he was one... Like Lyle Foster, I think they spent quite yeah, a bit on
2: him. it's calmed down a bit, but it's more... I think a lot of it is like the wages and stuff. Like Red... Um, again, I seem to mention every week at the moment, HITC 7s uh, was, mm-hmm. did a sort of what's going on with Reading. And th- last season, they their um, income to player wages was 205%. That's not sustainable. It's a team that... It's not like Red had been in the Premier League too long either, is it? When were they last in the Premier League? What? The year before... The year we got promoted uh, for the first time in in Red? 2015 that was, was it? Yeah, I'm sure that was the last time they were in the Premier League. I think they've had a playoff final since then. But for them still to be at that level... And they've had like eight owners and it's just stuff like that is just not sustainable, especially in this financial climate.
0: No, it's not. It really isn't. Um, and I was just looking, looking at Reading because I forgot because in 2019, they were spending 8 million euros on people like George Puscast. George Puscast doesn't even play for him anymore, but he's only on loan at Gen- Genoa at the moment. And they were obviously, they signed him from Inter Milan. So they're going to be paying him 20, 30 grand a week, but he's on uh, the way on loan. Genoa are
2: paying all of his wages. I, they, he was covered in that, but they've still got players like Tom Ince is on a hefty yeah, wage. Yeah. Tomin's on a hefty um, wage. Um there's plenty of players there that are on a big wage or have just they've lost they've moved a lot on.
0: I think Liam Moore's on 30 grand a week, man. Hoy- Hoylet won't be, be on a little amount. Hoylet was on about 20, 25 with us. Yeah. So he'd so be he'll on a similar talk. wage. It's Yeah, it's, it's, it's the league's it's fucked. It. Um well, I've got a Wikipedia nugget for you boys if you want to play some Wikipedia games. Go on, Anderson. um It's under his club career section. Oof. Um, on the 17th of March, 2022, this player scored two minutes after coming on as a substitute in a match against Persepolis, becoming Estegal's first non-Iranian player to score in the Tehran Derby. So he was playing for Estegal against, I can't say Persepolis. An Iranian team in the Tehran Derby, and he scored a goal two minutes after coming off a sub. First non-Iranian player to score in the Tehran Derby. Who am I? It was only last year. I think I know. Ben, you have you look you look pretty pretty clued up on this one.
2: I'm trying to think. This I've got a name in my head, that I'm almost certain it's not him. Say the name. No stupid answers in this game because it's this is a stupid quiz. For some reason, I think it's Harris Vukic uh, I right,
1: think Harris. it's Rudy
2: Gustad. So you have got to bail it out. I'll go with Tom because I'm not comfortable in mine, and Tom seems comfortable with his.
0: So this is Rudy Gustad. It's Rudy Gustad. Uh, he left the club not long after that contract cancelled by mutual consent. He was playing in Iran. Did you, I didn't know that. I I, I can't think of a player that's had more payoffs than Rudy
2: Gustad. <laughs> <laughs> no, and his career he, is quite. He was considered too poor for the A League. And have you watched the A League? It's absolutely yeah. horrific. Yeah. Shite. It's so bad, and I, like I, I watched lots of Perfect Glory games still, and it's like other leagues have sort of gone up and like as they've gone on, they've got better in standard. The A league seems to get worse every year, and for, for the A league to go, Rudy,
0: you're not for us, lad. Yeah, he then went to Greece, and in Greece he he played he played three games before he left Greece. Then he moved to um to Iran, but he was at Iran. He was in Iran for. Just shy of a year, by the looks of things. Um, Do you remember
2: when he launched an energy drink? Yeah, yeah. Like he's clearly Logan Paul and KSI's inspiration.
0: <laughs> he's he's a handsome fucker, though, isn't he? He's a good-looking boy. There's a photo of him with his league medal from the um the the Iran league. Yeah, he looks good. Looks good for him. <laughs> um, I think I'm still winning on the Wikipedia game. Uh, but Tom, uh, I think Ben, you got it wrong last week. So yeah, I think you Tom's comfortably in front. You're on about three or four as a duo. I'm probably on about 10 because I have picked some random ones. So um, it's getting really hard. I really struggled to find one this week um, and I found him earlier then forgot about him and I was here trying to scrabble around for him. Um, So we'll bring that back next week. Um, Right then. Uh, I mean, Ben, international break, innit? No game next week. Uh, Next game, Swansea in two weeks' time, which we'll probably do a, a podcast on closer to the time. But it's heartening that the game looks like it's selling out, isn't it, Ben?
2: Yeah, um, me and Fi had to get tickets and I think we the only two together I could find were towards the front of the grandstand and that awesome. was on Friday, so it's looking good. Um, should be a decent crowd. There's a couple of people moaning about like the state of the family stand and that, that that's sort of like not selling out, but that's been like that for years. The rules with buying the tickets that way, it's always been that, so I don't know what people are expecting there, but it's
0: going to be nice to see the stadium full again, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I probably going back to the Premier League for the last time. We probably sold out a game, or because obviously we had COVID and stuff. Not long after that, so um, did we sell out the last Swansea Derby game? Yeah, we did. Okay, so I was, I wrong. was gone, but it was pretty empty by sixty minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> That's fair enough, um, Tom. It, it seems like good timing to have the international break now, kind of two weeks to refresh before going into the the real business end of the season, right? Yeah,
1: definitely. I think. You know, I, like I mentioned earlier on, like Lamucci's not been here that long. So any kind of break like this, we can get people in, you know, and do some extra stuff, um, you know, work on more tactics, you know, try different formation stuff is, is going to benefit us. We've got a couple of niggling injuries as well. So I think it's perfect timing. Um, and, you know, with, with the abandonment of the last game as well, look, the players will be up for it, you know, go, the, two weeks together now as well. They'll, they'll feel hard done by as well so uh, you know it's the perfect time then to come out of international break and and play those lot down the road so no I think it's, it's working out nicely for us um and and Ben it's also
0: really nice to say that we've got no no kind of players in the Welsh squad uh this time so that you know they're going to get a proper break I mean Mark Harris Call, well, they aren't playing anyway so they're getting a break anyway um and I think only O'Dowd is in the squad for Ireland because so obviously Callum Robinson's injured um it's, it's just going to, you know, we might get Robinson back for the derby. There is a hint that um, he could be back for the Swansea game. It's, it's just crucial, isn't it, to get people rested, like Atete rested, all these players rested for the most important games of the season. Yeah, given the state of the running as well. Um,
2: normally, I don't like international breaks when we're looking good because we seem to lose momentum. But I think this is coming at a very, very good time just to sort of recover now because like we said before the, the games over easter especially this rotherham game getting replayed is going to be a lot on it it's not ex- while the bench looked quite strong not every player is going to play every game or if they are we're going to lose it for the rest of the season so uh yeah anything to sort of work on stuff on the pitch and every time we have a break we seem to look better coming into it as well the, the ideas for lamucci like tom said seem to be getting like more ingrained within the
0: squad so yeah the national break is a good thing i think um, I, I did notice that Colwell is with the under-21s Um, so that was my oversight so he is
1: going to play some and it might be nice for him to actually play some football, Tom because he doesn't seem to be playing for Cardiff, does he? Yeah, exactly and it'd be great to see you know, if he puts in good performance with them, then all about it because, like you said, he's he's not playing for us at the moment he needs a bit of a change of scenery probably not just sitting on the bench for the first, for the senior side but going to get some minutes in the 21s would be ideal for him he needs to take that. He needs to really stand out in that game as well, doesn't he? Yeah,
2: I think it's a huge opportunity for him for that. I think it's a good thing that he's there. Some people might
0: see it as a step back, but I think it's um, clever. He, just, he needs to remind people that he exists, really, doesn't he? Because he seems to be getting overlooked at Cardiff, I'm with Wales now. So, well, um, Rob, Rob Page mentioned him, didn't he,
2: and said he needs to take a look at the example of uh, Harry Wilson, who, when he sort of made his little breakthrough very early on. And now it's all that stuff about his granddad winning 100 grand. I know he played for another two years after that. He went yeah, back yeah. to the under-21s and sort of became the leader there. And that's what we need from Colwell now, because um, this season's been a disaster for him. And it's not his fault. It's been injuries, changing management, everything. It's It's been a bad year for Colwell. But if he can get just a chance to get, two, I think it's two games in the 21s him doing all that would be brilliant for him and should sort of give him a bit of encouragement again.
0: Yeah I agree I, I just yeah he needs games doesn't he and like, I think it's all well and good playing in, playing in that kind of competitive way a different change of scenery will actually benefit him and hopefully it might reinvigorate him and he'll come back to the club with a bit more confidence um, Tom you excited for the Wales games?
1: Yeah I, it's the first one I'm missing um, since Covid so oh, yeah. I'm a bit gutted I'm going to Stag do in Ireland and I'm absolutely fuming I'd much rather be in split to be honest with you but I'll be back for the Latvia game. But no, I, I I love the I love the international window. So no, I think, and I I have got a sneaky suspicion Wales might get a result on Croatia. So I'm pretty Ooh. confident. Wow.
0: that said, it's the end of another episode of The View from the Ninian. Uh thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us. I forgot to say hello, Aaron Hocking. Um, if you like what we do, kofi.com forward slash V F T Ninian. Thanks to Terrace Badger for sponsoring us once again. Use code VFTN15, that's VFTN15, uh, on TerrenceBadger.com, 15% off. Um, Ben, have I forgotten anything there? No, I think that's it. I think you covered everything. All right. Tom, anything else? No, all good. (laughs) Great. Uh, Thanks (laughs) for listening. See you next week.